Hello and welcome to LL Governor the Podcast. As always, I am Abdullah and I'm joined with uh, introduce yourself, good sir. Major Attaway, how y'all doing? First off, thanks for having me. First off, awesome name. I gotta say. <laughs> that is a pretty cool name. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And um you might know Major from a lot of things, but most most people probably know you from Aladdin, you know, the Broadway musical as the genie. Correct. Correct. And um, the first question is the obvious one, but like, how did we get here? Like, what made you want to pursue acting? Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, I think my imagination was honed very early in life. And I definitely know that I'm a dreamer. And sometimes it's gotten me in trouble in the past. But I think... I think it was inevitable. I think, you know, that's kind <clears> of, <throat> I was meant to be a storyteller in some capacity. And so, yeah, I think, I think everything, everything in my life has led, led to this type of work either way. Yeah. So like it was, it was something you just wanted to do ever since you were a kid. Uh, yes, definitely. Um, cartoons definitely sparked things, you know, I watched, a lot of Tom and Jerry growing up and um, King of the Hill is my, my favorite cartoon ever, I think. And so, yeah, we, the, the, the escapism, the escapism that came with, with animation um, specifically made me want to be a voice actor because, you know, when you close your eyes and you can be absolutely anything in the booth, I can be any age, um, from a child to 95, I can even voice a cucumber. But, you know, on stage, it's a little different. But, yeah, so it, it was the, my mad, it, animation matched my imagination. <laughs> so that's what, said, oh, I have to do this because this is how I can get this out. Yeah. And um, was, it's funny you mentioned King of the Hill because that's a, that's a weird show that people very rarely mention that that would be their inspiration. I think you're the first person I've had on here who's like, yeah, King of the Hill is my inspiration. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I am, I'm from Texas, born and raised. Um, but the, the commentary on life that happens in that show, plus the authenticity of me being from that area was kind of you know that combination kind of sparked it it's like oh i see these people around me yet i'm witnessing an animated version of snapshots of my own life <laughs> and so um yeah that, that was like man and i can i can tell that story and then add in the the celebrity guest stars that i was already fans of you know outside of it like uh bernie mac was on the show um snoop dogg Brad Pitt, all these different people. And uh, so, yeah, it was, it just had to happen. And I love that show so much. And it's coming back. They just announced that it is being rebooted, my friend. Yes, sir. Well, after so many years, I've finally. <laughs> now I can finally get on the show. <laughs> well, good luck with that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Hopefully uh, they hear this. Hey, y'all. Hey, Mike, Mr. Judge. <laughs> Holla at your boy. Um, no, it's interesting you mentioned that show because compared to say like the Simpsons or Futurama, it's more grounded in reality. I think like that, that's 
I think that's a blessing and a curse because a lot of people probably could never get into that show because it's very grounded. It's not cartoony. It's very like the jokes aren't set up in a way that are like the typical joke and then joke structure, if that makes any sense. Um, I agree. I agree. Yeah. uh, I think that that's, man, that's kind of what stands out to me about it or what's what stood out and why I like it is because it feels it's like gently heightened reality um which is just uh kind of how I felt it but you know it was kind of the the same way I looked at my own life um to where oh we're doing regular things but we can make them absurd as well as opposed to everything is simply absurd uh, like watching The Simpsons, because you know, of course, I, I love The Simpsons. The Simpsons was there first. Um, I can quote way too many episodes of The Simpsons, um, but to like w- once we got into a space of me doing this for a living, like it took me a long time to envision myself on The Simpsons, and that now they have um, one of my favorite actors, voice actors ever, Kevin Michael Richardson, is now a regular on the in that Simpsons cast, so. You know, now it feels different because there's a there's a ton of more black characters show, showing up all of a sudden. Um, but yeah, that, that's the, the, I would say that was the difference. Like I I love The Simpsons from a place of a of a child, you know, because I felt like I was getting away with something early in life watching that. Because my mother, <laughs> my mother, uh, I'm sure many parents did this. She referenced the main character of the show, like she called The Simpsons Bart Simpson. She's like, if I want. She, she wanted me to chill out. She'd be like, hey, Bart Simpson is on. You can watch that. Same as like if it was Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Hey, Will Smith is on. Um, so, yeah, that, that's how like they're all ingrained in me, especially. And like and that's not even to mention the effect that Disney has had. I mean, you can see the Disney, the nostalgia that Disney has a hold on um, defines my entire career, practically. So, And, and speaking of Disney... Uh, how did you get involved in Aladdin? Ah, well, I was, I've always wanted to, to be in a, a Broadway show, obviously. Um, did a lot of theater growing up. And the way that happened is I was doing a show in Dallas, Texas. And the, the person who wrote that show, Doug Wright, came to see our show in Texas because he was also from there. Uh, we had a conversation after the show where he asked me what I wanted to do. And I said, I wanted to be the genie in Aladdin on Broadway. Uh, and he said, well, you'd be great at that role and told me that the person who had it, who originated it was supposed to be in his show that I was doing, but the, on Broadway. And I said, well, that's not a coincidence. So uh, I also didn't know that he had already worked for Disney, that he wrote the book for Little Mermaid on Broadway. So he passed my name up to the proper people. And then I got sent an audition package. And then I sent in uh, a tape for my audition and they flew me out to do a final audition. And then I got cast in the show. So that, that's how I ended up getting cast in, in a lab. It was pretty, pretty wild. Um, but at the same, as if, at the same time, the, the core work is what I've been doing, you know, for, for almost, almost 20 years to be honest um for because I started doing theater at such a young age and I was always I was a large child so I was always working with adults and the only payment that I usually received was in experience um 
on what to do and what not to do and how, how to treat other people in the theater space and things like that. And so I believe that the, that combined with the, the timing of the show being big on Broadway and them needing people who do exactly what I do, which is, you know, wonderfully, I'm like, I'm happy that it's unique enough that I'm in that club. Um, so yeah, that, that's the, those combined things I believe are how, I got the chance to to play such an iconic role in such an iconic space. And you've been doing it for how many years now? Ah, well, I I did it for four years. I was essentially in a genie, in and out of a genie costume from um, March of 2016 to February of 2020. So five years. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Uh, I mean, that's a pretty impressive Broadway run. I mean, it's not, obviously it's not, you know, Jonathan, um, Jonathan Freeman, but it's, it's something, <laughs> Hey, you know, and, and I mean, I'll be honest. I have no idea what my future on a Broadway stage holds. Um, but when I tell you the, the journey that I had was so fulfilling, um, I'm, I have developed a new patience and, and, respect for Broadway and for myself, really, when it comes to how I feel about it, to where, you know, I'm, I'm okay with the next thing being the right thing. It, it's, it's rare that, um, well, I, I believe it's rare that I can say that my first Broadway show, you know, I was right up front. <laughs> like, it's kind of wild. Like, I, I worked really hard um, to be able to handle that type of responsibility up until the moment I had it. And it's just a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing for me to recall, to be able to say the first time that I was in a Broadway show, they, they put my face on the building, you know, I was like, I, that was, it was, a, it was great. It really felt, um, <clears throat> it felt like letting me know that I can set any goal and achieve it without question. You know, it's like the only, <laughs> the only question to it is how much effort I put behind it. It's the you can do anything if you put your mind to it moment is what I call it. Right. You know, and it's it's it was a way that like you can't it can't be cliche if you're you're living an example of it. You know, I asked for exactly that. And then I did the work necessary to, to be able to do it. And it was it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. And did it ever get annoying where when people confused you for the other guy? Mm. those were some of the deepest life lessons <laughs> um i it depended on the day to be honest like at the base of it the the answer is no because i fully understand what it feels like to to be moved by a show in any in any capacity and so the honor that it is for someone to feel feel like they have to say something to me you know, there, to me, there's an honor in that, that, that they need a, a, a closer touch of that energy, you know, just so starting there, I'm like, mm, it's not a problem. Um, I do, I did believe at times that the confusion, based on the amount of confusion that some people deserved to lift themselves from their ignorance, <laughs> because um, I... To, to, I think of it in terms of other actors. At what point would you 
do you learn the name of your favorite actor? You know, and and why would where would it be okay for you to continue to confuse them based on you being a fan of theirs? So based on based on you know just simple logic of if you're a fan of someone, you probably know who they are. <laughs> you know? uh, so yeah, it was part of it was yes, I just did that work. So please read my name there in the in the playbill there. That's why they that is why they gave it to you. But at the same time. I knew what my job was, you know, and we're there to uphold a particular brand. And I loved doing that. You know, the people came and talked to me about Robin Williams as much as they confused me for, for James or for anyone else. So at the same time, I knew that I'm in a club that is very, you know, unique, like I'm a part of this legacy. So, you know, uh, it's a mixed bag, mixed bag you it's a little bit of both did a lot of work to to make my own name and then you have to give it away to the role but that's the whole that's the gig though so that's why I'm like I'm not mad at the gig you know so you see how I feel about it I could go on and on because it it goes back and forth (laughs) no because I guess I listen to a lot of interviews you know in preparation for this and I just find it weird it's like how can you confuse you know how, how can someone confuse you for the other guy when you know you don't even look the same (laughs) (laughs) agreed (laughs) and uh i mean everything is different height and all of that and we sound different um yeah yeah but at at the same time though the i understand the way that the show is marketed if you the reason we all have to shave our heads to be the genie or the reason most of us have to shave our heads to be the genie is because the first guy who was the genie had a shaved head, you know, that, that, and so that was just a part of the image and uh, they built it into the, the costume design based on the fact that every shaved head gets dipped in glitter. Uh, and so, so, you know, it's, it's a little bit of both. It's like, I, I understand it, but at the same time, I know that my genie performance based on watching the other genie performances, we all have to do it our way and it's so unique to each of us that I know that I'm still going to get those moments where I talk to someone who knows exactly who I am and I do have those moments regularly where they say oh I saw you in the show as a genie and I can simply say well when did you see the show and they're like this date or they already know that it was major Attaway specifically and then they make that clear so you know it's like it's only so much it's only an issue if they write the wrong name on my check, friend, <laughs> to be honest with you. Well, I mean, if the check, but I mean, if the check is for like a much more than you're making, you know, is it, would it be wrong to not keep it? <laughs> <laughs> now, now you, you got something there, you know, um, <laughs> speaking of that, uh, there is a picture and I know James is going to love this. He, he probably won't hear this. So that's good. Um, there's a picture of James Monroe Iglehart. Um, in a performance of Hamilton dressed as Lafayette, right? And it is swimming around the middle of America somewhere in somebody's playbill because I've been sent the picture more than once. And it says at the bottom of that, this picture, Major Attaway and the cast of Hamilton. Someone worked hard to make that mistake because I've never been in a cast of Hamilton, yet they labeled the picture Major Attaway and the cast of Hamilton. <laughs> 
And like, yeah, you're like, oh, oh well, there it is. <laughs> I text James and I was like, I just want to know where my check is. <laughs> Somebody sent me. <laughs> so, you know, <clears throat> oh, but at the same time, see, here's the thing. And now I'm telling secrets. If you mistake me for some another genie and it's a positive situation, like if you mistake me for a different genie and you buy a ticket to my my cabaret, the genie's jukebox, my concert, then I'm gonna let that slide because <laughs> we are still all a part of the same genie brotherhood. So, so yeah, that that's I have lots of feelings about that. And you know, speaking of uh, genie's jukebox, like how did that whole project come about? That came about while I was in the lamp you know, doing, doing the duty, uh, you have, there are two standbys in the show. So there, there are two, there are two gentlemen who cover not only the genie, but also Babcack and possibly the Sultan as well, which is what I did for my first year in the show. And what I, what I recognized is that I was looking at two other, other people who could do the exact same job that I could do, except I was the one that was doing it eight times a week. Right. And they were there to do it if I couldn't. I have never been in a boy band. I always wanted to be growing up. Right. I wanted to wanted to be around people who were like minded and of the same um, caliber of talent doing the same type of um, thing. I had that there. But the only way for me to figure out a way to figure out that we could all sing together at the same time was to create this idea. And, you know, the idea is connected to the the genie from the movie as well. Like it sparked with, oh, the three genies on Broadway are played by these black men that I want to work with. Um, But the film, the genie was everywhere. There's multiple genies. And so that's kind of where the idea came from. I want to be able to work with these three genies. So the genie's jukebox, the genie's jukebox is, is an experience. It's a place where you go to go see the genie show that night. And now because the genie is connected to everything and because the genie can cross, you know, um, the fourth wall and the fifth dimension, if you will, he has access to all of the Disney lore and all of the, um, the Disney musical catalog. So if you come to a genie's jukebox show, depending on the time of day, the time of year and the holiday that we're celebrating, you're going to get a different Disney playlist sung by who knows how many genies as well as special guests from Disney because he can, and he knows all the match other magical characters and things like that. So that's really what, <laughs> what the idea um, came from. I was like, Oh, I'm the genie. The genie has unlimited power. Now, how do we apply that to me wanting to work with these other guys? And so that that's really what it was. It's, it's a celebration of, the, the coolest thing I've done in my life. I, I really like that because anybody else could have just come up with, Hey, you know, I want to do like a, a, a podcast or like a video series or something like that. But you went above and beyond and did something original, which, you know, is kind of a rarity these days, unfortunately. Thank you. I appreciate, I really appreciate that because it's all, <laughs> it was all just to satiate this only child. <laughs> 
And I'm glad I'm when I tell you I love when other people like the idea because I'm like, oh, I, I fully believe that it's a fun idea. And I'm so glad when people agree. <laughs> and it shows that you really care for this character and you're not just it's not it wasn't just like a paycheck for you. It was like, you know, I really love this character and I want to keep, you know, keep the spirit alive. Yeah, I've never heard it said like that, but you're absolutely right. And yeah. I mean, and that's kind of like. Again, you know, not to be, you know, not to come off as like too opinionated here, but um, I feel like a lot of the, uh, I feel like in terms of acting nowadays, you kind of see um, actors come and go, but it's, but there's like a very special breed of people who really understand the importance of a certain character that they played and they understand that they got to keep that character alive in some shape or form, whether it be doing like cameo videos as that character or, you know, genie's Jude, Bo- Jude, Jude box or any of that stuff. And yeah. I, I think it's kind of important to, especially nowadays when people are kind of want, want to escapism from the nightmarish reality that we're currently living in. Yeah. It, it's, it's important to keep that, keep the spirit of, you know, just 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 have fun. You know, let's just have fun again. And I, I mean, I kind of miss that. Yeah, yeah. And and it's the idea is a way to connect everybody because if the genie can go everywhere, you can be connected to him where from wherever you are. Yeah. And Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> it's yeah. I I realize like, hey, you know, uh, th- this podcast doesn't have to be all doom and gloom <laughs> every every episode. We can just, you know, we can we can be uplifting on this show. Who, who says we can't? <laughs> <laughs> I can do it. Um, but anyway, um, moving on to I think what most people want to hear about is you know your work on anime, and I want to know like how did that whole thing start? How did you get into anime? Hmm. Okay. Well, some more. It was a bit of reverse engineering is, is what I like to say. I would apply my, you know, I would offer my voice wherever I could um, locally. I would sing at different places and things like that. Anything to get in, in, in the door. Uh, but when it came to anime, I gotta be honest. I, I don't like the term, the term uh, luck, but I was fortunate to find out that the places that I wanted to work that I could get started, I could drive to while living in Texas. Okay. Um, so watching, you know, Dragon Ball Z, I watch the credits. I'm like, who does this? <laughs> I, I want, I've always enjoyed this and I want to do this. I've been, you know, practicing in my head and whatnot and all that. So then I found that Funimation is local, but they also have a website with a wait list. And I, I honestly think the the real push, I say Dragon Ball Z because I, I watched that, you know, when I was younger, but I think the real push was Attack on Titan. When I, I knew friends that worked there and I was looking for a way to get in. But once I saw Attack on Titan, I was so enthralled with that show that I want, that I knew I had to push harder. I was like, Okay, it, it's time. It's time to do this. This is something that not only you're a fan of, but you want to do, and you want to get better at it. So that means it's, it's time to go. Um, so that that's what led me to watch the credits again. Oh, it's Funimation. Put myself on the wait list, right? For Walla, which is a term that if you want to get started, you need to know that term. It stands for 
with all voices. That's your basic background voices. You know, every single voice you, every single sound you hear has to be recorded and or placed in, in the show. So uh, townsfolk or when the main character eats another character, you can be, the, that's Walla. That's the voice. You can be the voice of those people who, who die by the thousands. Um, and so that's what I did. I put myself on that list and I waited and I kept doing what I could um, uh, through trying to get an agent and all those things. But then when I got to doing theater in Dallas, I ended up on stage with the people who, with some of the people who worked there. And I told them what I wanted. You got to ask for it. You have to say it out loud, (laughs) especially to the people who can affect it. And they essentially helped my name move up the list. And, um, then I was, you know, called in for an audition. And once they call you in for an audition, you have to be ready. And really from, from that first session forward, I, I knew that that's a place that I was going to continue to be working because they, they were excited to have me sing in, in an anime. And that blew my mind that I could, I was like, oh, wait, that was another trigger moment. That was like, wait a minute. So the talent can be applied to whatever medium the the work the storytelling that that was that was the lock in moment where i was like oh yes yes we're this is something we can do longer than anything else so we're definitely going to we're going to push this so that's how that's how i got into it and then from from funimation uh, the same thing happened with okratron which um was in the dallas area audition for them got to be on a, a dragon ball z video game a wonderful full circle moment and then yeah it kind of it kept it was beginning to grow gradually from there, but then I got cast in Aladdin. I mean, you get, you get cast in a Broadway show, you go do, you go do the Broadway show. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that's what it was. And I'm now back, back heavy into it. Um, this month is for the, f- the first time in my life. I've been I'm working on two different animes concurrently. Um, and I'm, you know, it's a, it's a great milestone for me. I'm, you know, doing multiple characters this week and it feels, it feels really great. And uh, so, yeah, <laughs> and, and I'm trying to do as many video games as I can and do some big roles so that I can play those video games on my Twitch channel. And, and does it feel weird hearing your own voice and stuff or are you just used to it? Um, no, like yes and no. What I love is when when I listen to myself and even though I know it's me I clearly hear the character and I'm like oh god that feels good because that's the goal that was it I just I wanted to be able to do the job you know outside of that any other excitement is just icing on the cake but to hear something and then play it back I was like oh that means Major gets to call him call himself a voice actor and that's that's what Major wanted Right. So that that's that's the greatest part. Um, but it, <laughs> I'll tell you what, Twitch has made it different, though, because it is so much fun to be that for someone else. That feels better to me for because I remember growing up playing like Halo. I, I was in love with with, you know, the Arbiter's voice and the Arbiter. And that's that's why I love voice acting. And then I found out that that was Keith David. And I'm like, oh, God, I'm such a huge fan of him. He's voiced Goliath and all these all of these other characters. Um, president on Rick and Morty. Oh, just so good. But um, so that that is like I got off on a tangent thinking about him. Um, 
it feels great and weird, but more great than weird. I mean, I know this is going to sound weird, but I I personally can't get enough of seeing voice actors play video games that they're in. Like, it's just such, cool. a, such a surreal thing to watch. It doesn't sound weird at all. That's I'm right there with you. Like, think about me. I'm living that moment. I'm like, this is, if I could have witnessed this, you know, at the age that I was playing, like, Sega Genesis, you know, like, what would this have done for me? Just, oh, my gosh. It's like the nerd, the nerdgasm is so strong. I just don't know what to do. You know, it's so much fun, man. It's so much fun, <laughs> especially when, like, yesterday, I, mean, I got in um, playing Borderlands 3. I got to where we meet my character for the first time again. And I keep, I get to keep reliving that moment. And then the people in the chat are like, hey, what, you know, what was it like to do this? And I tell them all the things that you get to recall. Like, I get to recall the doing the actual work. I get to recall the, the great things that were happening in my life surrounding the work the excitement of getting that work, like, oh my gosh, it's just, it's so great. <laughs> so I'm, I'm happy that you like it as much as I do. Cause I love it. I now mind you, when I decided to do it, um, of course I was like, oh gosh, no one's ever done this before. I have the greatest idea in history, but of course I found other people doing it. I was like, okay, this makes sense. Good, <laughs> good, good. Yeah. I mean, everyone started doing it when once the pandemic hit and, you know, everyone had to stay at home. And it's like, okay, what do we do now? It's like, okay, let's just start Twitch channels. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I wish I would have started sooner because I started like at, um, oh, we're almost reaching one year. I started on my birthday. I started on March 25th um, of last year, of 2021. Oh, you got in way late, bro. bro. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so late. But, you know, we're in there, though. We're in there swimming with the fishes. I mean, I think it's better to just get in late because, it's like, hey, you know, you don't, it doesn't feel like you're jumping on the bandwagon. It feels like, hey, you know, I, I, I want to do this because I want to do this and not because everybody else is doing it, you know? Exactly. Because I, I spent my time, you know, I was playing video games anyway to just make it through and um, didn't think to to turn it into work until, you know, until it kind of, my brain kind of went there until I, um, because pre pandemic, I wasn't recording, excuse me, wasn't recording things from home. You know, the voiceover work I did, I would go into the studio. Um, and they would ask me, they're like, major, do you want to sit or stand? Would you like coffee or water? And then, you know, I would go and do my work, (laughs) but, uh, it took me time. I had to, you know, build a home studio in my closet and learn how to do all of those things. And then that idea kind of naturally came, you know, because I was like, I want to be in this video game that I'm playing. I want, I want to be Kratos in God of War, right? So I'm sitting here playing it. How do I practice this voice? How do I practice this work? Well, let me get on Twitch. Let me connect with these people. So it, it was incredibly organic um, for me, you know, because I... This is something I've experienced more than once now. I've kind of get, the wrong word is intimidated, but I used to think it was intimidated. Um, It's all use that word. I used to get intimidated in spaces that I felt like I was in the wrong position. Um, And (laughs) 
when I say that, I'm, I'm referring to like the first time I went to a, a Comic-Con convention. Um, I was there as a fan and it didn't feel right. I was like, I'm not in the right space. I'm not, I'm not off. Like, I'm not here to absorb. I should be giving. I'm supposed to be working for these people as opposed to just absorbing what they're handing out. And it felt the same with, with Twitch. Like the first time I was introduced to Twitch, I was like, man, this is really cool. Um, this is something I would love to do or love to watch. Like, because when I was a kid, being an only kid, an only child, I remember how much I loved watching my older cousins play video games because it, I was able to interact with them, even if the game was too much for me to handle, um, whether I could play it or whether it, you know, scared me. They loved Resident Evil, those jerks. But um, so I felt that watching Twitch that when I got introduced to it, I was like, this is good, but I'm, I'm not supposed to just be entertained by video games because I've already done that in my life and I want to be in them. I was like, so it led me to that. I was like, this is, this is right. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to uh, get comfortable in front of this camera and do the thing I already love doing anyway, which is playing these video games and talking to these people and add that nerd level on top where I'm playing the games I'm in. Because one day that, that's going to lead me to, here's a dream that I've had that I want to see uh, come to fruition, that I'm going to be an esports caster specifically for a game that I voice the main character of. That actually Isn't sounds that? pretty cool, honestly. Right? And so I'll go around and I'll talk to the people and I'll give them crap if they're not playing with me because obviously I'm the best character because I'm the one who's on the cover. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And I think Twitch is going to lead me to that. And I love it. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like I wish I, you know, one of the pieces of advice I wish more people gave to aspiring voice actors is if you want to get your name out there, it's all about networking. Because I think networking is the part of the business that we kind of downplay when I think it's like, hey, you know, it's kind of important that you should be networking because that's how you get your name out there. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I love it. But that's just me. Um, <laughs> anyway, speaking of uh, Twitch, like how many games have you played as of this recording? Mm, you mean how many different different games have I played on yeah. Twitch? Yeah. That's a good question. Um, huh. Less than 10. But I've spent, I've spent a, a significant amount of time on, on Borderlands 3 because the, the people really seem to like um, Clay, that my character on that game. Um, oh, but here's, here's another thing. The reason the, the list is not as long as I'd like is because I'm in transition via video game setup. You know, I started it um, based on just wanting to go ahead and get started. So I'm playing from a console and running it through the computer as opposed to being on a fully, um, P, a full PC setup, right? But I will say <clears throat> we've played Marvel. We've played, uh, Aven is it Avengers? I think so. Yeah, we played Avengers. We've played a little Assassin's Creed. We've played uh, um, God of War. I said that, God of War. And we're going to do the next tiny, next Borderlands installment. We're going to play everything that, that um, Gearbox does when it comes to Borderlands. And, oh, and some NBA, some NBA 2K22. Uh, so, yeah, we play, played a few things, and I'm open to more. Um, we're going to do a run of, of the old school Aladdin. And 
uh, Lion King from from the Sega Genesis. I, I found those on PS4. But yeah, and I'm open to playing with people as well. And that's pretty great. It's cool that you're keeping busy. Oh yeah, got to baby, you got to. <laughs> <laughs> right, and we're planning more trips to conventions you know, around the country as well. Uh, that's that's pretty cool. Seeing as Leona, we're almost I think back to that point where n- normal conventions are going to be a thing again, and um, and. <laughs> I hope you just don't get weirded out by the fact that, you know, people are going to come up to your table and ask you to sign stuff that you did. Oh, no, I I love it. What, what I love the most is when people ask me, um, when people are fans of obscure work of mine, because um, I love a niche fan. Oh, my gosh. It may, it makes my day because sometimes, you know, I, I never know what what I the way what I do affects different people until they have the chance to tell me. And that is the most beautiful part of, of those conventions. When I, yeah, oh gosh, I, I, I love, I love that energy um, more than I expected I would, to be honest. Once I found I was in the right spot, I was like, oh yeah, this is this is it. <laughs> oh, that's that's pretty much me. Like I, I, I stride myself on whenever I meet a person at a convention. I, I usually just try to bring up something for them to sign that's like really obscure that they kind of forgot that they did. <laughs> yes, yes, it's good. It's so good, man. I, well, I like think, when I, the I mean, fans of something I did in one episode. Go ahead, I'm sorry. And I, I think I'm the only person on the planet who has a signed copy of PlayStation All-Star uh, Battle Royale signed by Nolan North. <laughs> That's pretty niche, bro. Because <laughs> I remember when I went to his table and, and I and I got him to sign it and he's like, oh man, I remember doing this. It's <laughs> like the PlayStation Brawl thing, right? <laughs> <You know? laughs> yes, sir. Oh, I love it. I love it. Right? I th- oh my gosh. I would love, you know what I would love to, there was a party game on Xbox, on the original Xbox. And I, I can see it, but I can't remember the name of it but it felt similar to what you just said and i i, I can only imagine what that would do for me to get that co- a copy of that sign oh I spent so much time playing that and and so when cool. i met um troy baker like i'm uh back you know uh was it back in december the first thing i got him to sign was like a funko pop of sinestro because he voiced sinestro in injustice and and when I when I bought it when I got got him to sign it, his eyes like lit up, and he's like, "Oh man, this is like the first Sinestro I've signed ever." Oh, that's fantastic! I love that because <laughs> I I just went up to him, and was like, "Yeah, you remember when you did Sinestro?" <laughs> Gosh, and I remember the character because I loved that game too. Uh, here's a fun bit, uh, fun bit of trivia for you. Uh, apparently they sure. wanted the actor who played him in the movie, Mark Strong, to come back to do, to do Sinestro for Injustice. Are you but kidding? He, but he was unavailable, so, and they called Troy up, and he's like, you know, can you do this? Because Mark isn't available. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. You know, you know what? I, I love that. That's a space I want to live in, too. Uh, you know, I have, I'll tell you, I have auditioned at least five to six times in my life already where I've been asked to be Jack Black. Can you imagine? Like they're like, Oh, Oh, Hey, um, we need you to, to do a, a straight up Jack Black impression with this character, like Kung Fu Panda stuff and, you know, other things as well. And I'm like, what, who heard me? And was like, he's, he's obviously <laughs> Jack 
I don't know, man, but I haven't gotten that job yet. Are you sure you're not confusing me with Mick Wingert? Because he, he's the guy you get when you can't get Jack Black to do <laughs> That's what I thought. And you know what? I think I honestly, to be to be real, I think it's because Nick was busy. <laughs> I think that's what it was. Like, because I looked it up. I look, I was like, oh, this man has literally made his career from being Jack Black's other voice. So why is this in my inbox? No, I had him on the show years ago, and he's like, "Look, man, if being the poor man's Jack Black is how how you make it in the business, I'm fine with it." You know, <laughs> exactly. I was like, "Brilliant, I'll take it." I'm look, I'm trying to be, um, I'll be the poor man's Nick Fury. Up, oh, Lord, I, can you believe I just said Nick Fury? The poor man's Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> That's it. Someone please get him to sign a Nick Fury print. Someone, I don't care who, get Major to sign a Nick Fury print. Please do. Oh my goodness. Oh, so, uh, yeah. Uh, that's going to be your new nickname from now on. Nick Fury. Poor man's Nick, Major Adam, poor man's Nick Fury, Mr. Major Adam. Oh, boy. Now, now it's going to be like, oh, man, now I have to audition for a Nick Fury. I have to. I have to. I'm going to call my agent today. Hey, y'all. I don't put it out there. We got to go after it now. Yeah. Um. Anyway, um, I look, I'm looking at the time here, and I got to you know, get, get going soon. But um, before sure. we get going... Uh, where can people find you online and can you give us an update on what you're currently working on? Oh, yes. I love that. You can find me, um, at major Attaway on all the things, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook and TikTok. <laughs> it's like, how many things do we have? TikTok? Yes. And on Twitch, my Twitch channel is I played major i played major now things we are we are working on um for more for my music um lovers working on a a new jazz concept album that is rerouting some frank sinatra we are going to do frank sinatra's live at the sands in 1961 and we are adding some some updated gospel and um, neo soul flair to that with a friend of mine as well as we are booking the genies jukebox concert all over the the usa and abroad if if they are ready as well and you can find um ways to get in contact with me and my agents at majorattaway.com that's majorattaway.com all right. Thanks so much for taking the time up to do this. This has been a lot of fun. And if you ever want to come back, you know where to find me. I appreciate you so much. I've had a blast. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>